Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joyce Conversations with me, host Joy Makassi. Uh, we are still doing our Black History Month uh, episodes, and today I am very happy to have a prominent crime artist and a man who's been doing a lot of amazing work in how who I'm just very happy to have on the podcast today because we have so many things to talk about. It's Chiodu Araka. Chiodu, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, man. How are we doing? Happy to be here. Thank you very much, Joy, for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm just an artist, a poet, and a mentor from the uh, the city of Hull, Norfolk Estate to be exact. So yeah, bro, that's me. I mean, you're being humble there because you're doing quite a lot of stuff. And I, as you were, we were talking about earlier, you're doing the documentaries that you're putting up yeah, and yeah, you're doing yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of stuff in Hull. But we'll get into that a bit later because, well, I'm really interested about that as I spent three years in Hull myself, but there's another side that I never really saw. And mm-hmm, it's always mm-hmm. interesting getting that perspective from someone like you who is a local. Um, yeah. So uh, before I usually get started, I ask my guests if they have any song or album that they've been listening to recently. Okay, that's a good one. So the song that I've got on repeat, actually, at the moment is from an artist called Central C. He just released uh, a mixtape on Friday called Wild West. And for me, the standout song is called The Bag, which is uh, it's a, it's a good song, man. It's a good vibe, man. That's the one that I'm I'm playing out from that uh, mixtape. I've been playing it like on repeat ever since I heard the mixtape. So, yeah, man, that's my tune. That's what I'm rolling with. It's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. I need to check that out. No, nah, um, no, nah, it's good. It's good. Nice. With me, um, it's it's been like just a mixture of songs, weirdly enough. Um, so I'd say it's three because two of them I listen to them uh, during the weekend when I was working out because I listen to a lot of rap when I'm, well, just working out, doing cardio. And the other one I was just singing earlier today just came into my head. And um, one of them was, well, um, I was just singing the song. Now I've actually just had a blank. Uh, Ain't nobody chunk a car. And there we go. Because okay. that song is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick, sick song. It is. But the two songs that, that, that I usually listen to because of how long they are, but how they tackle the same issue in different perspectives is <clears throat> the first one is, weirdly enough, Macklemore, uh, White Privilege 2. Okay. And then the other one is Open Conversations by Rich 32. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a big song. Yeah, that is a good song. Yeah, no, and like, especially with the one by Wretch, it really, because it talks about the race aspect in the UK itself that we don't hear um, a lot of times unless you end up looking for it, because I think most of the times people just, people just have a stereotypical view of rap and grime, don't they? And they end up thinking that it's just that one subject matter that people actually talk about, but there are other more deeper conversations that are happening that people don't get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's always nice to be reminded that you know these are things that people have been speaking about for years now, and yeah, sadly, yeah, yeah. we keep on having to have these conversations because people are not fully getting it. No, I totally understand, man. Like for me, Wretch is one of the best in the country for making that sort. And I hate this sort of word, but like conscious sort of rap. Do you know what I mean? Like he makes music that is thought provoking. And and he talks about real issues, and I think we're lucky to have like a wordsmith like Rich, 
Do you know what I mean? People like Akala. Oh, even yeah. people like even people like Getsman gets his new album. To be fair, that's 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 been on repeat. There's loads of songs on that that I could say that I've been messing with recently. But yeah, man, like Wretch is 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 a superstar, man. Like very very talented individual. Yeah, I mean, like with Akala, I saw him live um, a few years ago, and it was just trans transcending in a manner because he really makes you think because he writes in an intellectual way as a saying that um, mm. and he probes things and also like his book natives is one of the best things that i've had the beauty of actually reading in quite a while mm. because it covers so many things mm. that mm. are not fully addressed i mean um <clears throat> i mean uh if i remember correctly because i uh, before we set this up i spoke to joey and he said that uh you're originally from africa aren't you yeah, yeah, dissenting. I was born in the UK. Okay. Uh, but my I'm, I'm, my mum, my mum and dad are from Nigeria. Okay, yeah, no, it's uh, the reason that I asked that is because he talks about well, uh, empire and the ruins of empire, and with me because I I grew up in Zimbabwe. I was born and raised in Zimbabwe. Actually, mm. I I lived there till I was like fifteen, and so mm. getting to see somebody who dissects how that is now impacted race relations here in the UK is quite amazing and getting to probe a lot of the issues that people don't talk about a lot, especially when it comes to, well, race and class in general. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 What? Like what you talk about rich there? Oh no, Akala. Sorry. I met Akala. Sorry. Sorry. Akala. Yeah. Akala, sorry. Sorry. You know what? Amanda's for us then. What am I on about? But yeah, Akala, man. Akala's, I, I've been lucky enough to support Akala twice. Really? Yeah, yeah, I've supported Carla, Carla once at the Welly and another time at the Fruit. Really? Like, I did. Yeah, man. Like, literally, the first time was Fruit, second time was Welly. And what's mad is, like, the year before I supported him the first time, like, I actually went to see him at, uh, the, at the Freedom Festival. So it was just mad, like, a year later, I was, like, sharing the same stage, stage sharing the stage, stage. Shit, I can't even get my words out. Sharing <laughs> the same stage as him, which was crazy. Yeah, like, Akala's someone that I rate highly, man. Like, that guy's, like, he's more than a rapper. Do you know what I mean? He's, like, some sort of, like, he's just a proper scholar. Do you know what I mean? Like, to be honest with you, I probably like listening to him do his speeches, sometimes more than his music. Oh, I get you I, there, man. I, yeah. Because I, because I feel like I, I learn more. Even now, I think he's got one of the best fire in the booths of all time. So obviously, he's sick with the pen. Do you know what I mean? He's a very, he's like technically very good rapper, but I just, I just seem to get more from him when I hear him speak. No, I totally understand. And also, his fire in the booth, like number one to number four, it's like, dude, mm. you're killing it as it goes. And um, one of the things that I love to do is just watching uh, Americans react to his fire in the booth and then just mm. them just saying, man is dropping knowledge because he is dropping knowledge. He is mm. literally educating people through his work. Yeah, dropping gems, man. Definitely. Like, the country is very lucky to have someone like Akala. Like, yeah. it's, it's just his mind. His mind's beautiful, man. Like, his mind just got a fantastic mind, especially, like, when he talks about race issues. Do you know what I mean? He's going into like rooms with politicians. He's going into rooms with quote unquote like intellectual people and he's just absolutely spinning them. Do you know what I mean? Like so he can spin MCs on the mic and he can spin spin politicians. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't get much better than that. 
Well, that's true. That's true. And also, um, because you mentioned Gets earlier, I remember when I spoke to Luther and he mentioned the song by Gets Black Rose, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a masterpiece. That song. Yeah, masterpiece. Like very much needed. Do you know what I mean? Like our black women need empowering. Do you know what I'm saying? And that song is fantastic. Do you know what I mean? When you, especially when you, the the the, the current or the climate at that time of UK rap music was definitely not talking no, about, was definitely not talking about like that sort of issue. Do you know what I mean? And he just went left field and spoke about something that needed to be talked about. Do you know what I mean? Black women have it tough. And to be honest, if you sometimes just black men are the weak link, do you get me? Like we should do more for our women. And having a song like that was just a real special moment. So big up gets. Oh, no, that's true. I mean, and especially just women in general, they go through a lot of things as we've seen through just the last week uh, with, well, the interview with Megan and Harry, mm. when they had the interview with Oprah, and then the unfortunate will passing away of Sarah Everard. We, we can see that women uh, basically are in a very precarious situation. And I don't even want to say that because it's mainly due to men who are not being helpful and mm, they live mm, in mm. absolute fear. And th- then when you end up thinking about it, that, this being a woman is really hard, but then being a black woman, yeah, fighting two two wars and two sides. It's being a black woman's the hardest thing in the world. Yeah, man. Nothing, nothing compares. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing compares. So we've, we've just got to salute our women and try and and try and like like build their confidence. Do you know what I'm saying? And like tell them how important they are. Obviously, I was brought. I was. I think I wasn't brought up by my dad. I was brought up by like my mum and my big sister. Do you know what I mean? So black women are like very, very important to me. No, I, I get you there. And yes, totally understand. I mean, with me and myself. Um, so uh, when I was still back in Zimbabwe, because my mother was working here, I was, uh, well, living at home with my father and uh, some female relatives. Uh, but my father was usually, well, um, busy working and I usually saw him on the weekends. So I was brought up by black women as well. And I, I I totally agree that that black women are powerful and they need to be saluted because they're out here just doing the most that they can Mm. and just bringing up amazing people and just conquering all the things that are in the world as best as they can with all that is throwing at them, which is not a minute task. Definitely. I wholeheartedly agree with everything that you've said. Yeah. It is quite an admirable task, man. No, yeah. man, definitely. Salute all all women in it. Salute all women, but Salute all definitely women. My, my, my black females. Big them up, man, definitely. That is true. Uh, talking about, well, black women, um, did you do anything special for your mother on Mother's Day? Yeah, man, right now I'm, I'm here with her and my sister, actually. So I've just come back from London today uh, and... Yeah, I'm just here with them. Like, nothing too special. We've just watched films, watched TV, had a real nice meal, just eaten, just talked, laughed. Do you know what I mean? Like, all the important things. Every day is Mother's Day, though. That is true. You know what I mean? Like, we don't just have one day to celebrate the mother. Like, every day should be Mother's Day. Every day but should yeah, be it's, Mother's Day. It's, it's been a nice day, man, definitely. Oh, that's good to hear, man. That's good to hear. Yeah, no, same here, you know, just maybe <clears throat> relaxing and chilling and yeah basically also taking the same motto that every day is mother's day mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah. So um, the way that we usually end up going is that after we've discussed with um, the song that you've had, I'm always interested, especially with artists such as yourself, to see how your journey ended up getting to where you are. Because uh, getting started in grime is really tricky enough because I can imagine that market is kind of saturated nowadays with so many people trying to, well, get big. So how did you get started and then end up to where you are? Because I'm not going to undermine it. Like, man's a genius, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So obviously, yeah, I, yeah. you're gone. So obviously, you know where I'm from, like, it's not exactly the the, the epicenter of UK black music. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you've been to Hull. You've been to Hull. How there's so many black people? Banger. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to position? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've you've been to Hull. You've been around Hull. You know there's not there's not much of a scene. So in terms of a young black boy like myself to sort of showcase my music, so I had to build a scene. If we if we're gonna be really honest, like it's, it started for me around when I was probably around. I think I probably started writing my first like bars probably 16, 16, 15. At, like how I used to go to like a lot of house parties and we used to, we used to put on a lot of like instrumentals and just like freestyle over them. And at the time uh, there was a kid called Crafty, which I'm still really close with now. He was rapping and he was getting like a little bit of a small buzz in like his school and within his friendship group and he used to rap and he, he actually used to like write songs and stuff and I was always like really like I always really admired him for doing that do you know what I mean like and I thought yeah I want to do that but at first embarrassingly I'll, I'll openly admit I used to rap in an American accent but just freestyling do you know what I mean and he he put a stop to that straight away he was like Chad you can't do that so that obviously must have lasted about a week or two and then again, I was just freestyling. Like, I wasn't really writing, but I was quite good at freestyling, just saying random, silly things as you do at, like, 16, 15. And then I started, like, penning stuff down and progressed, started writing songs, writing songs with him. And then we we had a, we started a collective in, like, oh, I reckon about oh, five or oh, six times, uh, a collective called Lockdown. Uh, and the, at the time, it was me, the kid who I mentioned, Crafty, another kid called Rory, another kid called Josh, who was Rory's little brother. And then, yeah, well, like I say, we'd do like little gigs at like places like the Adelphi and we performed at a few youth clubs and and we used to record our songs at, in, in Rory's uh, back room down Westbourne Avenue and then, no, Marlborough Avenue, sorry. And then... Uh, they, the two brothers, Rory and Josh, they sort of lost interest in making music. So me and Crafty carried on doing it. Uh, and then nothing was really happening. Like I said, like we were just bedroom rappers, really, if we're going to be honest with you. And then I went to uni in 2000. And, uh, I went to uni in like 2007 and sort of stopped doing it. And then I came back to Hull 2010 from Lincoln. And then I made the decision to be like, you know what? I want to try and do this, this rap stuff properly. And, uh, yeah, basically I released my first mixtape called Not Your Average Spitting in 2011. And then I was just, these times, then I was just going into the town centre and 
probably going to, well, not probably, I was, I was going to places like Position and Sugar Mill, standing outside trying to sell my CDs. No way. Yeah, bro, that's how it started for me properly. Because I always say my, my first proper introduction into the into the game was probably 2011 when I released my first mixtape because that's when I, I, I just, I was just, I, I just found my drive to try and come, try and get fans and convert, convert people into fans, basically. Do you get me? Like, bullying people to buy my CDs and yeah man that's that's how it really started and then from there it just went from strength to strength for when I say like I single-handedly built a scene is I did there was a few rappers yeah there was but I don't think none of them had the intention of what I had and none of them did what I did do you know what I mean like the kids I think the kids the youth of Hull made me popular because I was the guy that they was all listening to on their phones. I was the guy that they was all watching on YouTube. And obviously, you've got to, you've got to remember that Hull's a very guitar centric city, very bandy oh, with so many bands. And oh yeah, and I was trying to get on. I was I was trying to get on gigs and like getting rejected because obviously I did rap. Or if I did get to play them, I'd be I'd get played in between a kid who wanted to be Ed Sheeran, <laughs> sandwiched between someone sandwich between a band that I'd want to be the next oasis so like people wasn't there to see me like rap was sort of alien like especially like me doing it in a Hull accent because a lot of the rappers in Hull before me were rapping in an American accent and then a lot of my peers who I was rapping with at the same time were rapping in like a London accent but me I was like unapologetically Hull so like I think that's why the locals proper bought into me and then I went from yeah not really being able to get booked to now being probably the biggest artist in the city. Do you know what I mean? Like the biggest artist in the city. I've headlined Humber Street Sesh. I've performed at the Radio One Big Weekend. I've supported people like Akala, JK, Stormzy, KRS One. Do you know what I mean? Like I've 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 done bits, you know what I mean? I've 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 done all right for a kid from Hull where there hasn't been a blueprint. I've made the blueprint for myself. And and I and I've always said I've never compared myself to any Hull rapper. Like I compare myself to like the, the big guys, you know what I mean? Because there's 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 no one really, and it's not me being arrogant or me being big headed. It's just facts. There's I started with a lot of people, like I, I mentioned, like there was a lot of people who rapped similar at a similar time to me, who came into the game at a similar time to me, but they're not they're not here no more. And there's a reason for that because they didn't want it enough, and they didn't have they didn't have a good they didn't have good branding. They didn't they didn't go and find out things. Do you know what I mean? Where I, I did, my mind's always always ticking. Do you know what I mean? I'm always trying to better myself, and I've got very high standards. You know what I mean? And a lot of people would say, "Oh, you know what, Chad, you've done well, you've done really well." But me personally, I'm someone who struggles to give myself a pat on the back. Like I don't think I've done well enough. Do you know what I mean? So I keep on going, man, and, I, and I'm, I'm I'm proud of certain things, but there's definitely a, a long way to go. Wow, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I'm just smiling as I'm just listening to this because that is not only amazing, but it's a testament to just your drive, man. No, but that's the thing. Like, I remember, just to equate you to another amazing musician, um, I remember reading somewhere that before he became famous, Prince was busy raising money by just sweeping places and just working as a janitor while he was still grinding. Mm. He knew what he wanted Mm. and he was driving for that. It's like nothing else would stop me there. And that is the thing, especially in music or just in life in general. If you want to get to that high pinnacle, 
it's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of struggle and a lot of fighting to get there, especially as you, as we both know, how isn't exactly known for, well, rap and grime. Uh, as a person who likes his mm-hmm. heavy guitar music as well as he likes his grime, I would say that when I was, let's be honest, at most, it, like back then in like 2010 and how, give or take, at most you could maybe get a hip-hop night maybe in... Uh, sugar mill the hip-hop like floor mm. in position and that maybe mm. welly might be doing something but it wasn't that that big because it just mm. was not the place mm. and for you to build that base and for you to expand to the point where you're supporting akala and Stormzying and all of these other people that's amazing man mm. yeah yeah man it's good man and it's i've done well in considering like i've got do you know what I mean? Like, I've got a song on Spotify. Like, it's had three million streams, over three million streams. You know what I mean? Like, I've had stuff on like your Grime Dailies. I've had press coverage from the Guardian, the Daily Express, Newsbeat, BBC Newsbeat. Do you know what I mean? Like, we've we've done bits. Like, we've done all right. Like, we've definitely created a blueprint for the city. But for me, man, I'm like, and I and I keep on saying it. Like, I've got a larger responsibility, man. Like. The, the, the youth of Hull, they're looking yeah. for so they're looking to for people they're looking to people like me to really to really carry the torch and I'm I'm nowhere near where I want to be man like I want I want the kids to know that there's going to be like a platinum selling artist in this city I want the kids to know that there's going to be an artist who's going to tour tour the world through their music and that's going to be me and I don't mind that responsibility like a lot of rappers and a lot of, a lot of artists don't like to be known as role models do you know what i mean they don't see themselves as role models but like for me i understand my responsibility i come from Norfolk estate like one of the roughest estates in the city where like there's no role models where there's no one to look up to i understand like i've got a responsibility to to make a difference that's just who i am i don't care like it's not me being corny it's me just being real like we come from hull in it like hull is no one's made it in UK black music. Like what I'm doing is huge. Like, True. and when I get to the destination where I want to get to, like, it's going to be crazy. Trust me. It's going to be mad like that. It's, it, it's going to be such a huge achievement. So like, I'm going to carry on going and my, my, my drive's insane right now. My drive's insane. Mate, I, I totally get it. And, like with me personally, you, you're speaking to the choir here, preaching to the choir because like mm-hmm. I've always mm-hmm. said this to my my brothers and some of my other family members that with me personally, I, I view kind of in the same way that you view that I am a second generation immigrant who came from Zimbabwe to a place where there's so many opportunities if you try like if if you try if you keep on trying you you can be a lot of things here so why not keep on going and see where you end Mm. up because at the end of the day you do not want to end up at a certain point in life looking back thinking what if i had done a b or c instead of like you know at least i tried and i saw what happened Mm. yeah and a lot of people i I mean people are different and people's drives are different but i say if you think that you can do it go for it and see what's going to happen and just listening to you you're inspirational man you you remind me of uh the quote that i once read somewhere it's like work hard enough so that your idols become your your competition trust trust me man trust me that's it 
And my story is just so different, man. And I'm just like, I'm just confident with my story. My story is just different to anyone else in the game. I, I don't rap like anyone else in the game. Like no one don't. from Yorkshire has ever got over the hill. And no one from Yorkshire's got over the hill. Like we've had successful Manny rappers. We've had successful Birmingham rappers. Obviously we've had successful London rappers. Do you know what I mean? But there's never been anyone from Yorkshire to get me. And like, I feel like Yorkshire people are the realest people anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, we've had a there's a lot of struggle in Yorkshire do you know what I mean we're strong people in Yorkshire like and I just want to fly the flag and represent the full county true man true so uh, since we're still talking about your music how did you end up on Grime Daily how did that happen ah man the Grime Daily thing's all just the clout bro don't even don't get too Don't, don't get too, but you just have to pay to get on that, man. You just have to oh, really? pay. You get me? Like, you have to pay. There's a, there's a pecking order, man. There's a pecking order, bro. You just have to pay to get on that. Like, yeah, it looks good to other people, like youngsters and obviously yourself. Like, oh, yeah, Grand Daily, Grand Daily. But you just have to pay to get on there, man. Like, obviously, they have a team who, who, who looks at videos. If they think your video is good enough, you pay them and they put it on there. Do you get me? That That's basic. That is it. Obviously, it's good in it. Like the exposure is fantastic, but that's all it is, man. It's no, it's it, obviously they're a great platform. They've done great things for artists and stuff. But like in a nutshell, that's it. <laughs> you just have to pay to get on there. I, you've just shattered some like <laughs> you just shattered some thoughts that I had. I was like, wow, they, they scouted everything. I was like, no, no, that is not how it works. <laughs> Nah, bro, man, you just pay to get on there. The waiting list is a mad- madness as well. Obviously, I can imagine. I think everyone wants to be on ground daily, so the waiting list is crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, so, um, as we spoke about earlier, uh, before we, guess we got started, you have a new song coming out. No, you have a new song that's come out in an EP that's coming out soon. Why don't you talk more about that? Yeah, so the, the, the latest song that's come out, Trials and Tribulations of CEO, do you know what I mean? It's probably the most vulnerable I've ever been in a track. Probably the most, like, I'm, 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 I'm always honest in it, but this is probably the most I've let the people know about me. I've, I've proper let the, the, the supporters and the fans get into the Chedo Araka life story with this track. And, like, I've just let them in a little bit. I've, I've told them about a few of my most difficult times, like some of the, like, some of the racism I endured, you know what I mean? I, I say a lyric like, you couldn't ask, you couldn't last one hour in my, you couldn't last one, what do I say? You couldn't last one hour in my trainers in the 90s with this colour as your skin. Do you get me? Like, I grew up on Norfolk in the 90s, which was crazy. We can talk forever about that. And then, obviously, I talk about like me nearly being killed in it, like in a toilet, like by some people, like beaten up to a pulp, do you know what I mean? And I talk about one of my friends getting stabbed, like literally. It's yeah, it's just the trials, like the trials and tribulations of, of of me. Some of the things that I've had to endure to get to where I am now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and the funny thing is, I wrote that song two years ago, and everyone's saying it's it's lyrically it's the best I've been, which is crazy to me because I'm 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 so much better than that now. Do you know what I mean? But obviously, people think it's sick. A lot of, like the feedback's been insane. It got played on Kiss FM the other night, which was sick. Big up Ellie yeah, Prohan, and like. People are like saying it's my best song. Do you know what I mean? Which is which is fine. I like I like what the thing is with me, Joy. Like, if people are saying my last track 
isn't better than the, the like. So if my tracks are not getting better, that's what I'm trying to say, then there's a problem. So I'm happy people have really warmed to it. So it's been it's been good. Do you know what I mean? The reception's been fantastic. I've got an EP coming out called Have Life that should drop hopefully around June, Mayish time. So what I'm doing is I'm I'm giving people singles and then I'll just drop the project. Drop it all. No, that's good. I mean, I'm interested to hear about well your experiences because you've discussed a few things that have happened to you there, and I want to get to know what because. I think I've realized, especially after my conversation with Luther, that because I spent three years in Hull in that um, student ecosystem, I was just insulated from all the other things that, that happened in Hull. And like you saying that you, well, you saw your friend get stabbed and you were beaten up. And I mean, how did the, how did those mm. things happen? I'm, yeah, I just want to learn more. Yeah. You know what it is like? We're not. I was having this conversation with one of my one of my good pals and like we normalized that like like me and my friends like growing up like we were quite I'd say we was notorious in our city do you know what I mean there was a group of us a lot of ethnic minorities like we were we were quite ruthless in our approach like we, we were we were just we were just boisterous young boys we grew up heavily in the chav culture and then we came from we became boys boys to men like quick. We had to grow up quick. We were just out like fighting with fully grown men like from a young age. And then we oh, start shit. actually go out going out drinking start and then we start going out drinking ourselves and then we've obviously got a reputation, so there's other guys who were trying to test us. And to be to be honest with you, I'm not trying to make out that we were we were, we were the only kids like that in the city at the time, because there was loads. And, and and to be fair, a lot of us bumped heads. A lot of us got into beef with each other. Everything's cool now. We're all big men now. Do you know what I mean? But at that age, especially like you're talking like from like 05, 04 to like 010, 11, 12. Yeah, man, it was it was it, it was quite a moody atmosphere when you used to go out drinking. Like there were certain places what where you, where you couldn't really go on your own. You'd want to be with your friends because if you're going on your own, people could try and like sort of test you, but. Like I said, I'm not glamorizing it or glorifying it. That that is just the, the the bitter and honest truth. And we probably went a little bit overboard or more overboard than certain individuals. Do you know what I mean? Like some of us went to jail. Like I say, some of us got stabbed. Some of us got nearly beaten up to a pulp. Like, but we've all as 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 boys now. We've all learned. Do you know what I mean? Like we've learned from our mistakes and we're better people now. But some of the situations that we went through, like we normalized, but in reflection, them things weren't normal, Joy. Like I shouldn't have to, or we shouldn't be driving down Annaby Road, running red lights because one of our mates has been stabbed and he could die. Like that's not normal. Do you know what I mean? It's not normal to walk into a nightclub toilet and turn around and get beaten up to a to to a pulp where you you could have died. That that ain't, that's not normal. Do you know what I mean? It's not normal to go to sort of visit your friends in in jail and stuff, and go to jail yourself. That's not normal. Do you know what I mean? Especially like we're from, at the end of the day, we're not from the Bronx. We're not from Peckham. We're not from Brixton. We're not. 
we're not really from the Marys. Obviously, stuff does happen in Hull, definitely, but it's not normal. And we normalised it. Like it, it, it's just like, oh, that's just the way it is. That's just, and, and really, it's not. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not normal. That's, and this is what I tell these kids: like it's not, it's not fun living that lifestyle. And like I say, I'm not making out like I'm a gangster because I'm not, I'm not a gangster. I'm not a bad man. I've just done some stupid stuff when I've been younger. But stuff that I've that has made me into the man that I am now. Do you know what I mean? And like I said, there were so many other kids from my generation that was doing the same thing. But yeah, man, like, like I say, like certain situations are normal. Obviously, boys fight. That's what we do. We fight. Like, but when people are nearly losing their life, like that, that's not normal. No, that's true. And uh, the, the the worrying part is well, not the worrying. The sad part is the fact that even though for you guys it was normalized, for some people who were in the same city, we were blind to all of these things happening. So mm-hmm. we would probably be in the same clubs or in the same places, but we would be unaware that this is what's happening. And it, yeah. it, it, it's it's quite sad, really, the whole fact that this became your reality. This became, as you say, it became normalized. It became yeah, what you yeah, just yeah. thought of as, as life because th- yeah, that's what was happening, yeah. It's just normal, normal life, isn't it? But when I, as I'm older now, and I look back, like it's not normal, like especially where we come from in Hull, like it's just, it's not normal, man. Like and and like I say, but in a way, I'm glad that I've gone through, or as 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 a group of friends, I'm glad that we went through some of the experiences that we did because we, we we're all better men now because of it. No, that that is totally understandable, and I get you there. And yeah, I I'm just I don't know what else to say. It's it's it, it, yeah. I'm literally just speechless. It's I mean, how is the situation in Hull now, then race wise? Uh, it's better, man. It's it's better, but it's got a lot of it's got a. I mean, like, it depends what you mean. What do you mean? Like, obviously, race is a very complex... It's, it's very diverse, yeah. Complex <laughs> no, subject. So what, it depends what do you mean, like, as in, like, as in, like, is there more ethnic minorities about? Like, what, what do you mean? I mean, I would say that it's more... Um, have the attacks gone down? Have, are people now much more cognizant about what's it <laughs> i'm laughing before i even finish that because of course people are not cognizant people don't fully understand what microaggressions are and they keep on pushing mm. the buttons uh, but <laughs> are they trying at least i think some people are but there's always going to be negative connotations of ethnic minorities in, in a place like whole like because it's not the most diverse do you know what i mean there's certain pockets you've got spring banks strong Kurdish community. You've got like Princess Avenue with like a lot of the, the, the South Asian community. Uh, and then obviously you've got black people who are, who, are, who are all over the city. Do you know what I mean? Like in different pockets of the city, but there's always going to be some, some negative uh, connotations from the, the, the whole natives. I think the youth, the youth are a lot better though. The youth seem more clued up on on certain things especially with like the blm sort of stuff the youth like especially on the, the youth that i was around or the youth that i used to see on my socials they were really riding for the cause and they seemed to really understand 
their position in this whole situation. So I think there's a bright future, but the older generation, man, they're lost. No, I, it is a bit tricky sometimes to uh, try to help people see things in a different way, especially when they've committed their lives to uh, starting to believe things in one way and well, try to educate them and say, yeah. actually, that's wrong. And you guys are being racist dicks about that. Could you just stop? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, obviously, the whole BLM thing wasn't even, like, massively sort of... It was massively backed, like, at... F- well, well, let me re- let me rephrase that. Like, I'd say there was a, a, a good majority of people that got behind it, but there was, there was definitely more people that was upset. Like, oh, why is it even happening here? Like, there's no racism in Hull. There's no racism in the UK, blah, 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 blah. Like... But for me, man, them, them people are idiots. But, like, for me, it's not my position to be educating these people. Like, like there's enough there's enough education out there for, for you to be educating yourselves. Like, stop speaking to me about, about, about racism. I shouldn't have to speak about my traumas, do you know what I mean? Like, you, you, should, you should just do some research yourself, man. There's plenty of books. There's plenty of... There's plenty of stuff on the internet, man. Like, if you're still saying that all lives matter and all that rubbish, man, like, get away, man. Like, go away. Well, that's true. And um, and just going back to what I spoke about earlier, that we, we still see that even though we've made some progress, people still don't fully understand as Mm-mm. was what we saw with, well, the Meghan Markle interview, which... Uh was quite eye-opening especially with some of the responses that we ended up seeing online mm. by a lot mm, of people mm. yeah because th- the idea that racism is still present and that people might be saying a lot of these things it, mm. it, it baffles people and then well we are peers but then peers is yes oh man do you know what i mean like stop this is my whole take on it man like the denial of racism in this country is is crazy. Like, it's outlandish how the British public don't feel like this country is racist. Like, it's crazy just by the remarks. Do you know what I mean? But for me, like, white people need to stop being the loudest voices in the room when it comes to racism. Why don't you just shut up and listen? Like, we're not, we're not screaming complaining for no reason do you know what I'm saying like why don't you just shut up and listen you don't know everything like just shut up listen and let's talk properly what I don't understand is is why you're all why and and I shouldn't really say all but a large majority of white people are the loudest in the room when 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 it comes to talk about race topics it's like the only time you should be talking about racism is how is when, sorry. Or no, the only time you should be talking about racism is how to stop racism. No, no other, there should be no other reason why you're speaking except for how are we going to stop this problem that we've created? That's the only time I really want to be hearing or should be hearing people's voices when we're talking about racism. That's just my opinion. Right, get you there, man. <clears throat> and one of the things that I've noticed, especially 
over the last week is that there are some equivalencies of sorts whenever you end up getting, well, the all lives matter people and the guys mm. would say not all men, especially with the situation that's happened with, well, Sarah Everard. Uh, I really shouldn't say situation because the the reality is that a woman was walking home and then she ended up being killed mm. by a police officer. And, and even if it wasn't a police officer, it was a man who just found her and killed her. Yeah. The fact that women do not feel safe mm. and that they... Uh, the stories that are coming out of women saying that we do not feel safe at night, we do not actually feel safe, and sometimes we have to like have keys between our knuckles and other ways for us to try to protect ourselves because we do not feel safe. This is an issue that's been going on uh, that's been going on for quite a while, but it's not being discussed because again, even with racism, it's an issue that whenever it ends up coming up, people are just like, "We'll talk it about it some other time," because addressing societal woes is not something that's on the agenda for most people. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, go on. Sorry. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. No, I, I feel that um, because these issues are systemic, they will require a lot of work to, well, address them and change them. But that work starts with everyone agreeing that there is a problem. And right now that is the fight that we're fighting, which is kind of sad. The fact that we're trying to just make people understand to begin with that. Is, for us to all agree that there's a problem before we even start addressing it. And some people no, still say no. I totally agree. And that's what I'm talking about, about the denial of, of, of racism in this country. Like, why would we? Why would we be making all this noise if there wasn't an issue? And it just upsets me. Like, for me, it just upsets me a little bit when you see that because it's just like there's a problem. Let's all just come together and try and eradicate it rather than saying there isn't one. Baffles me. Yeah, I mean, but the problem though is that, from what I've noticed. For us to address this, we then have to, well, let people know that due to the systemic nature of things, they have privilege, be it, well, mm. white privilege or be mm. it male privilege. And a lot mm. of people, a lot of times when you use the term privilege, people privilege, get apprehensive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because they're like, well, where, where's my privilege? What, what have yeah, I got yeah. that I've, you know, yeah. benefited from and everything else? Yeah, and it's like, yeah. It, it's, it's not exactly you in a specific way, but it's more the systems that enable you to benefit mm. more than other people. But it's mm. getting mm. that mm. through, which is a tricky part. Mm. No, I totally agree. Peter, calling someone privileged, man, it's like you've just spat in their face sometimes, man. Like they just, they, don't, they can't get their head around it. Do you know what I mean? As a male, I understand that I've got privilege. Definitely have. Yeah. I understand that. And I think. <laughs> When we can just open, when everyone can just be open and 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 sit down, and actually have an honest discussion, and it, I, it's easy to say, isn't it? It's easy to say. Obviously, me and you just speaking now, it's easy to say. Oh, we should all just talk. We should all just get along. But realistically, is there ever going to be any change until we actually do that? No, I'm not. I'm not, we I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying I've got all the answers because I haven't. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's even when it comes to the, the the black community, I think there's a lot of a lot of things us as a as a community need to do for ourselves. Yeah. Like we, we can't just put all the blame out out there. Like we've got to understand that we've got to take some responsibility ourselves as well for some of the, the, the fuckery that's happened, do you know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah. yeah, man. 
Yeah, no, and I totally agree with you there that um, as much as, well, society is very oppressive in the way that they end up addressing the black community and the way that they portray us in the media in actual generality, Mm. we also have a lot of things that we need to fix. Like a a good example, especially in African communities, I Mm. will happily say this because I'm one of those, homophobia and just being, you know, accepting of people. That is a big issue that we need to address mm. at some point, really. But yes, no, it, and, and that is the thing that we, we have things that we need to fix in the black community itself. But on that, but, but we do also have to say that, well, we're, we're working on our, on our own things, but please also help us, you know, fix the grander scheme of shit that needs to be addressed. Mm. Yeah, man. Um, this has become quite, quite intense. So I'm going to just pivot onto the mentoring work <laughs> that you do because otherwise we will just end up here cool. for quite a while and yeah, we will do society yeah, until yeah, midnight. We, we could speak forever, couldn't we, mate, about all this, man? But yeah, man. I, I, but you know what? I'm optimistic, man. I'm optimistic because at least these conversations are starting to happen now. Do you know what I mean? At least these hashtags are driving conversation people say oh what does a hashtag do like it doesn't do anything what does black lives matters do what does not all men do hashtag not all men or like what does it what what does it do but it drives the conversation like if we, if this didn't happen we wouldn't even be having these conversations people would still be just getting discriminated people would still be just like uh, like certain groups would just be getting oppressed even though they still are getting oppressed but at least we're having conversations do you know what i mean enlightening people's minds making people think differently and i think that's the start in it that's the spark so i I, i'm optimistic man i am i'm optimistic have to be can't be just negative all the time no i get you there and it it can be a bit tricky because i i I, i'm not even gonna lie before this episode i was just like i don't know how we're gonna do this because i've been on facebook and a lot of my friends are just feeling hopeless especially with just this whole week you know Mm. um because of just the time frame i think is is something that has just elevated everything for me personally um this week starts off with Meghan markle um being interviewed and then people not believing that she's well saying that she is um she suffered from mental health issues and that she thought about killing herself people saying that she's lying and it's like attacking a black woman and attacking a woman as well Mm. see it uh and then we end up hearing that sarah everard's body has been found and that the person who killed her was a police officer and it's just women telling this really like sad stories about their lives and how just the system screws them over which just adds to everything and then on top of that This is the thing that I spoke about with with Liam Hesselwood recently because this is something that also got me down. The Derek Chauvin trial is happening, and I'm saying the Derek Chauvin trial because calling it the George Floyd trial is not really real. George Floyd is a person who was killed. He's not the one on trial. It is not the George. It's not the George Floyd trial. Just like it shouldn't really have been the Rodney King trial because those are the people who were well the victims of violence and not the actual perpetrators. But the media says the George Floyd trial, but the yeah. Derek Chauvin trial is happening, and the city has given George Floyd's family $27 million, which, uh, given recent precedent of how things happen, especially with court, I don't know if I'm going to be optimistic with Derek actually going to prison after that payment. But we shall see, because yeah. this is quite a high-profile case, and it is something mm-hmm. that... 
has raised a lot of prominence in terms of, well, issues that are affecting the world at the present moment. And so I am trying to be hopeful. And having this conversation with you has helped because I've been in that camp where after seeing all of this, it it is tricky to try to find hope for the future because it all seems quite dire in a way. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we're making slow progress. So, uh, with yourself, uh, I said that we're going to get to your mentoring. Uh, if, you said that you mentor um, in Hull. What do you do with that? So, for me, it's just like a lot of the young local musicians that are coming out, like they come and use our studio. Like, we're there, like, for advice, you know what I mean? My, my inbox is constantly always, like ringing off me giving advice to the youngsters. Do you know what I mean? I'm from an educational background. So like I'm from, my last job was part of the pastoral team at a school called Andrew Marvel. I was a past, I was an achievement mentor. So I was assigned to a year group, uh, dealing with all sorts of, uh, dealing all sorts of everyday life in the school system, but then also counselling young kids, steering them in the right direction, doing home visits, being involved with families. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely a staple to my community and I've carried that out even in my music. Like I said, man, I'm always there to give advice to the youngsters. So I feel like it's important for me to pass down the ladders. It's very important to give my knowledge and and, 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 and let the kids know that you, you can achieve anything if, if you put your mind to it. Oh, that's good, man. That is good because a lot of times people need guidance, especially if you're in a situation where you feel like you can't really do much else except for, you know, fall in with a bad crowd because, mm. I mean, that, that that's happened in a lot of places and I, I can see it happening in Hull, even in Newmarket where I live because mm. I'm sure that it's happened as well. The, 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 the stories that I could tell at times. Mm. Um, but yeah, having somebody who can actually guide you, especially especially somebody like you, because with your life story, you're able to actually tell the kids, it's like, this is what happened to me, but look at me now. I'm now, mm. you know, doing these amazing things. And you can too if you stay on your grind. Because mm. I, I think especially especially a lot of times um, people underestimate the power of a role model, just somebody Mm. who you can look at and say, I want to be like you at some point. It Mm. can be rather powerful and people underestimate it. And a lot of times I feel, and I might be wrong here, but I feel that sometimes, especially in, well, certain aspects of the black community, we do not have those kind of, you know, role models that people end up well aiming for and saying that I could be that person. But it's changing. And I can only imagine the amount of kids who grew up in America when Obama was president. It's like, the president looks like me. I can be mm. that at some point. Mm. Nah, it's important to have them people in your, in your community. Like like I said, where I come from, like unfortunately, a lot of the role models are quite negative. Do you know what I mean? Like... And not even just in my community, in other communities in Hull. Like, everyone wants to look up to the bad boys, don't they? And I get it, because that was me at that age. You, you want to. But you, you just open your eyes a little bit further because there's around the corner there's someone else who's doing something positive and inspiring. And like I say, I'm not going to get on my high horse here and say, like, I'm perfect because I'm not. Like, I don't really want the kids to do everything that I did on the come up. But like I said, I understand my position 
And if I can do something positive, that's me leading by example, and that's enough. That is true, man. That is true. And it's quite admirable what you're doing because, as I've said, you are changing people's lives. And I'm sure at some point you'll see some kid who end up saying, you changed my life and you will be just surprised and I think heartwarmed in a way because it is quite heartwarming. Mm. You're giving me hope for the future, man. <laughs> I'm trying my, my hardest, <laughs> man. I'm trying my hardest. Because like I said, there was... The like I say, when I was young, the only kids I looked to, up to was all the bad boys. So I'm trying to sort of say, like, I'm trying to be like the example where, like, don't just think that you have to go down that route to be successful. Do you know what I mean? You can do things the legit way, and you can, and you can do, and you can do things that are, that are not normal. Like me being a rapper from Hull, that's not normal. But you know what? I love it. I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. I class myself as a bit of a misfit. I could have easily just picked up a trade or, do you know what I mean? I even went to university. I could have easily done that and, and carried on doing that, but I don't want to. Like for me, I'm, 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 I've made that choice to be a rapper. And like I say, being a rapper is not the in thing in whole, but I'm going to make it the in thing. No, that's true then. Yeah, no, I I was having the conversation earlier uh, with my housemate because of the whole weekend. I was like, as I've already said, I wasn't sure how we're going to do this like episode, but you have really just helped just, I think not only myself, but other people who are going to listen to this, just think, you know, that things are hard right now. Things are tough, but th- there is a change that is possible and we should be optimistic and try to drive that change because because the conversation has begun that is the first step and now we're going ahead like we can now try to push it into the right direction and start you know going there bit by bit no definitely man it's time to start forcing the change you know i mean life's boring without change man we've all got to change i'm someone who don't really like change sometimes like i'm quite stuck in my ways but i realize for us to progress in life we need change in every aspect of life every aspect of life we need change the world needs to, the world's always going to keep on turning. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to move on. You've got to move on with the times. And I feel like UK black music is the popular culture at the minute. Like all these young kids in Hull, they're all listening to drill music and grime music. Like no young kids in Hull now are listening to indie music, really. No one I know anyway, man. So yeah, man, I'm, it's important for people to just move with the times. And slowly but surely, they are, but Hull's always like, 10 years behind. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you might say that, but we can both agree that Yankee chicken has the best chicken on earth. So at least I had in that regard. Oh, you know what, bro? I don't really rate Yankee chicken, you know. What? No, man, I think it's too salty. I think Chicken George is better. Okay, okay, we're not, we're not my friends. <laughs> Wait, have you ever noticed <laughs> that you can't... Yeah, well, it agrees. Well, it... Yeah. Have you ever noticed how? I agree with you there. But have you ever noticed that you can't get chip spice anywhere else in the country except for Hull? Yeah, Hull. It's a it's a whole thing. Chip spice is is a whole thing. Like, definitely, it's ours. To get me, we own it. Like, we it's it's our thing. Chip spice and it. Like, nothing tastes the same, does it? After you have chip spice. Like when you go to another takeaway and have chips with no chip spice, it just doesn't like nothing tastes the same because we're we're spoiled in whole like 
that's just standard on chips is chip spice. I know it's so good. And I keep on trying to find it because I'm like, I need that in my life. Chip spice is just one of the best things that I've ever had with my chips. Um, so, yeah, um, chip spice uh, is the truth. Trust me. Chip spice is the truth. So as we're slowly getting to the ending parts of the podcast, I usually end up asking the, my guests after I've had them, if there's any, well, I, I say my guests, but mainly musicians, because you guys are quite varied in the things that you do. Um, is there any genre of music that you listen to that people would be surprised by? Yeah, man. 80s pop music. I love it. That is my 80s pop music. Trust me. That's like my, I run, I run to that stuff. I love it. 80s pop music. Spandau Ballet and my guys. Oh, 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 yeah. No, Spandau Ballet are good. I mean, like, true is a tune. Also, yeah. Gold. <laughs> yeah, Gold. The Gold's probably my favourite song of all time. Uh, with me, it's, uh, talking about 80s pop, um, Give It Up by, is it Casey and the something? Uh, let me have Everybody a look. wants you. Oh, yeah, true. Everybody wants yeah. love. Yeah, that, that yeah. is actually quite good and yeah. also wham i actually like wham like george michael yeah 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 they've like got that. they've got some bangers man got some bangers yeah no, definitely wham was good i'm not trying to think of other 80s bands that i i like um earth wind and fire question mark i feel like my black heart is being revoked by me asking that so uh, man they're like tunes man like i love like whip it by devil like, should I stay? Should I go by the clash? Like, oh, Girls on Film by Duran Duran, Cars by Gary Newman, Jadat Avid, Big Tunes, Golden Brown, by the, Golden Brown by the Stranglers, Peaches by the Stranglers, London's Calling by the Clash. Come on, like, these are like. You know, they push it to the limit. Oh yeah! Wow. She's on Footprints. fire. Yeah, man. Oh, well, come on. Yeah. These are these are these are heavy tunes. So yeah, that's the. I love that. I love eighties pop, man. Like, love it. Eighties pop is the shit, though. I don't. I don't blame you. I loved eighties pop as well. It's they had so many just amazing songs there, and also. I wish I could go back then, especially yeah. just seeing Prince during that time as well would have been amazing. Yeah, man, just real musicians in it, MJ in his prime. Oh, yeah, man, that is so true there. And so um, with that, we have now reached the end of our podcast episode for today. I want to thank Jadu Uraka for being with me today. Uh, it's just been an amazing pleasure just having you here, dude. And as I said, You've given me hope for the future, and I'm very thankful for that. And I hope that he has also well helped give other people hope for the future, as we've had a very emotional week for most of us listening. And I hope that this has helped in a manner for us to, you know, try to see some hope in this, well, sad state of affairs that we're in. And so I will be closing off by saying what I always say that. I hope that you're looking after yourselves. If you're struggling, please reach out to a friend. We all care about you all. We love you guys. And we hope that you are doing as best as you can be. I hope that this has helped. And, uh, well, look forward to, well, 
having you guys with us next week. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.